Today, I am joined by financial planner and host of the Money Isn't Scary podcast, Megan Dwyer. Her and I sat down a few weeks ago to talk about money, (laughs) one of my least favorite topics. Man, alive. People fight over money, die over money, gush over money, stress over money, and self-sabotage the shit out of their life, all because of money. But also, money is freaking fantastic. It's fabulous. It helps us to do the things we want. Money can change lives. Money is a part of our life, and there's really nothing we can do about it. So we might as well talk about it. I'm Amy, a life and wellness coach. You're listening to Roots Change, a Grow With Me podcast. Every week, myself and others come on to share something we've learned in our own journey and hopes it helps you and yours. I'm just going to start by saying this. I am officially done recording guest podcast episodes in Zoom. I'm embarrassed by my audio particularly. Listen, (laughs) sometimes I think I'm doing things that are going to help and I only make it worse. I was like watching this video about how to make your Zoom audio better and recordings. And so I followed their instructions and I never tested it. Well, it sounds like I'm screaming into the mic. (laughs) So it was a fail. I did my absolute best to clean this up so that it's tolerable, mainly because I didn't want to just delete the whole thing because Megan is fabulous and what she shares with us is so important and I don't think we could have just duplicated it. So please accept my apology in advance and don't let my warning keep you from continuing. It's worth it. Oftentimes, I reach out to somebody I'd like to interview for the Roots Change podcast. I don't always know for certain why. Our guest today is Megan Dyer. And if I said your name wrong in a second, you can correct all the things. But she is a financial planner and she's on a mission to remove the stigma people have around money in our culture. She's a financial planner. She is host of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. And as I'm saying that, my hands are balled up and my soul is screaming, but it is. (laughs) And that is why you are here today. It doesn't really, I've talked to a lot of different people in my life and just through my own experience, Money impacts people in a lot of different ways. Today, a lot of what Megan shares and what I share or ask her about, the feelings are mine that I have. And I'm also speaking, and I think she speaks too, for what she knows about the experiences of people who identify as women. But I also feel like a lot of our mindsets and feelings and beliefs around money aren't just women. I feel like it's everybody besides a white American male probably can (laughs) resonate with a lot. So 
why don't you take a minute and tell us who you are and about your podcast and why you set out on this pursuit? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so yes, Dwyer, Megan Dwyer is the last name. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, like you said, I I just started in the professional world. I was in a um, couple of different kind of finance roles and I really like was interested in learning more about personal finance. And the reason why is because I knew nothing about it. I was not taught any of this in school. I was not taught any of it by my parents. And money wasn't talked about, right? So I wanted to learn more about it for myself and then hopefully also be able to help other people in the process. And so I've been on this journey as a certified financial planner now for, I don't know, 10, 11 years, 12 years, something like that, working with individual clients. And there's a number of reasons why I recently decided to start the podcast. One of them is I would see people all the time that would I'd be working with and I would be able to to run all the numbers and run the financial projections and tell them over and over and over again that they were going to be okay right by looking at the numbers and they could not believe it like there's some barrier in their mind and they would say well yeah I know you're telling me this but and or you know but you know I know somebody who thought that they were all set and then this happened to them and you know everybody's got their thing I feel like And so I really wanted, I was very curious about that. And I really wanted to explore more about why people have these barriers around around their mindset when it comes to money. On the other side of the equation, it was also pandemic, right? And I was finding my own version of isolation and basically shopping for comfort, right? So I didn't have the same coping mechanisms that I used to be able to. And I was finding myself being able to like go quickly and easily go on Amazon or go, you know, to target.com or whatever it is. There's everybody was online shopping then. And I was getting myself, I realized I was like buying things that I just didn't need. And it was so unfulfilling to some extent when it came, when the stuff got, when when I got the stuff and I would see it just like sitting there in my closet, or I would see, you know, just, I, I put, away for some weird reason or another, because I didn't actually need it. So I really wanted to dig into my own stuff deeper, all while having this huge passion for women's empowerment, right? So I kind of wanted to do something. I wanted to share my experiences because like you just said, I believe that what's personal is universal. So I wanted to be I wanted to be vulnerable and share my thoughts and feelings and experiences and beliefs and and just habits around money in an effort to help other women know that they are not alone. And one of my biggest pet peeves in the whole world is women taking a backseat when it comes to money. I've talked to so many friends, peers, I'm 38, I've got two young kids. Um, I, I know a lot of women at my stage of life and older, and I see this all the time in my in my my day job as well, um, where they say, "Oh, well, you know, I don't want to handle that. I don't want my husband does that, or you know, somebody else handles the money for me. I don't want to think about it. I just want to be able to spend money, right, or whatever it is." And and I see that anything can happen, right? Like I've had so many women come to me that are going through a divorce. I've had widows come to me before that that need help that have never worked before that have never. Um, seen a statement or don't even know what they have for accounts or and are and are piecing things together 
or after the fact. And it's just really, it doesn't have to happen that way. It can be like, it, it can be a different experience. And so my goal here with all of this is to not only talk about money and make money less of a taboo subject, because when we talk about it, talking heals, right? But also making women feel empowered and removing the stigma around it so that we can start to um, stop staying small and just like be ourselves and feel good about ourselves when it comes to money. Well, I'm on, I'm on board for that. <laughs> I think anybody would be. So you and I have sat down and talked before today. This isn't our first time meeting each other. And you have a little background on my money story. And I'm listening to you. And gosh, damn it. My body, like when I feel emotion, it just pops out. And my little eyes have like little tears in them. And I'm not sad. It's just what you're saying resonates so much with me. It's different, but it's the same. So it's a different story that has the same feelings attached to it. I'm very disempowered when it comes to money. And that might be what this is. Could be. And, and I think that I'm an emotional, I, I'm a um, highly sensitive or deeply feeling person myself. And I feel like when it, I, some of that emotion is probably coming from the fact that like, we are talking about something that's been pushed down for you for so long. And is, this is a, I, I, I'm with you. Like we're talking about something that's, that's never been talked about before or has very, talked about very little, has been very, been talked about very little before. So I think that like, it is an emotional, it's a naturally emotional response because it's, it's, it's something deep inside you that is trying to be, to come up and, and, and be healed. Yes. So I was trained to believe not by anyone's fault. I don't think when people are raising us, I don't think the people that are closest to us realize what they're passing on to us. And mm -hmm. I was trained to believe that money is a struggle, um, that there's not enough money that money is hard and it showed up and it even I'm, I have done it with my kids and still do to this day. And it's hard to always catch yourself in the moment, but it shows up in little ways, like saying I'm broke. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't have any, I don't have any money or money doesn't grow on trees or, yeah. and it's all like these little things that even as a child, I can, and this started when I was a little kid. I've had a money thing since the beginning of time for mm -hmm. me because like epigenetics, I feel like this is a generational poverty thing in my yeah. direct lineage. Maybe, maybe not. That's just a feeling I have. And there's truth to that for sure. If, if, and if, you, haven't, if you haven't taken, made the effort to break those cycles, that generational patterns, then of course you're going to keep passing it around, passing it down to, to the next generation. So now you're starting to be more aware of it, right? And it's not easy. I think we need to give ourselves a break. We need to give ourselves a little bit of credit sometimes. I do the exact same thing, by the way. I say things like my, my son will be like, I want this $300 Lego set. And I'm like, well, who's paying for that? Or, or like, well, that's a lot of money. Like mom worked really hard for what we have. And like, you know, or I, I like put like limiting beliefs to it. Or I say, I, I don't know, there's the same thing. Like, well, we don't have that. I don't have that available. We've got bills to pay. We've got this. And, and it just, 
I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong way to handle it. I just think that we need to start to question some of those automatic responses that we have and say, is that really what I believe? And is that what I want my kid to believe? Right. Right. It might even be better just to say, I don't think this is the right choice right now. Like we could just take money out of the equation. Exactly. Or just say like, you've got plenty of Lego sets right now. Like maybe, maybe we'll wait till Christmas or whatever it is. Like, but yeah, you don't even have to think too much into it. Like we can keep it simple. So today leading up to this conversation, I (laughs) the universe has like divine timing in all things. Everything happens for a reason when it should. Some things happen that just suck and they just happen. But this is on purpose. (laughs) Leading up to this conversation with you, I've had like I've been working on my money mindset for a few months, a handful of months. I don't know how long. And being more intentional with the words I repeat to myself and really paying attention to how I feel in my body about money. I've started to enjoy spending it differently. Mm -hmm. I love spending money on things that matter to me. And so when I'm spending, I'm rejoicing in the fact that I'm spending it, but I'm not to the place where I believe it's going to return to me. I'm working on it. So as we're leading up to this conversation, I keep little things like the bills are piling up. There's no change in my income, no new clients, and we're getting closer to Christmas. And all of these feelings and memories from 10 years ago are like coming back. And it's like standing in line at a Salvation Army to get presents for my kids, standing outside in the sleet so that I can get my energy turned back on. And it's like, I'm not there anymore, but my body does not know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so I'm at this point where I know there's a problem. I'm aware of what it is. I have clarity around why it's happening. And at the same time, I'm struggling. And I know I'm talking to Megan today. And it's like, this is perfect. So. Yeah, there's so much there, right? Um, there's, sorry, did, by the way, did you, I, did I interrupt you? Was there something else you were going to say? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that needs to like really be like, I think like full, not even like said or pro, like processed, but like fully, like, like believed from like your soul level is how to practice self-compassion because I think that's like going to be the way for you to move through those to some extent trauma situations right that you have you've dealt with in the past because obviously those experiences are being now um taken into the present and if you're, you're aware and you have that knowledge but you still feel stuck right so I think you need to give yourself a little bit of credit and just be like hey it's okay yeah, like I went through a tough time. Things were hard for me in the past. Um, so like in a different way. I mean, it was always like, I was never, if I wanted a toy or if I wanted something at the store, like I knew plenty of people, like family members, friends, who their parents would just be like, okay, fine, you can have it. And my mom would always be like, no, gotta wait till your dad gets paid. And then when my dad got paid, it was like, we've got bills. We can't do that, you know? So, so it's like remembering that, um, but also giving yourself some compassion because you have been through a lot and look at where you are now. And that is an incredible, incredible 
progress, incredible like change that you've done. So give yourself some credit. And I think you, it's a, it's, it's having the self-awareness of when you go into that mode. And I don't think you need to just say like, nope, don't do it. Don't like not, not acknowledge because, because it needs to be acknowledged. Like you can't just shove it away. You can't just like shove that down. There has to be this balance. And, and this is what I'm learning through my journey. I used to think of everything as black and white, like, okay, well, and I need to be this way so that I'm not this way. I think you, there can be gray areas in the middle. It can be a mix of everything. And there's no, there's also, you don't want to put pressure on yourself. So I think it's just having the self-awareness of when those feelings are come up, come up and also trying to like limit that like critical self-talk too. And just say like, no, I'm not who I used to be. I'm not in that situation anymore. And also like, I think realizing that you're not alone because like you said, what's personal is universal. I'm feeling a lot of those same things. I'm struggling to figure out how we're going to pay for Christmas. And believe me, when the bills start to pile up and I see that we only have X amount in the account, like, how am I going to do this? Like, (laughs) am I going to have to like wait a couple of days until somebody gets paid in order to like pay that bill and stuff? And it's like, it feels overwhelming as well. So I know that, but I think also we don't talk about this enough. So I think understanding the fact that people don't talk about it and, and it makes it seem like the grass is always greener on the other side, that somebody else, the neighbor is always is in a better financial position than you are because they might drive the fancy car and they might have the fancy whatever shoes or the kids dress in designer clothes or whatever it is doesn't mean that they're not dealing with the same things as you are. So I think giving ourselves a little bit of a break in that respect and realizing that like we are not alone is crucial to all of that. Um, So I hope that's helpful. That's helpful to me. And I'm 100% sure it's helpful to every listener. It is universal and and it can be different and similar at the same time doesn't have to be my journey, but you have, you have your own and whoever else is listening is going possibly has their own story about money. Everybody has their own story. Nobody's, nobody's lives are exactly the same. So everybody's going to have their own unique twist and to, to probably very similar universal themes and feelings. Right. Um, And the other thing that you touched on that I really wanted to mention here is you said that, you know, you're doing a really good job with feeling good when you make intentional purchases, which is, I think, so crucial because what that's what I wasn't doing during the pandemic when I was just buying things to fill this like void that I had, right? Obviously I was, things were missing in my life and I was going to Target to and buying shoes that I wasn't even going to wear because I wasn't going anywhere um, to try to fill that, right? But that's awesome. And then, but what you also said was that you're not at a place yet where you believe necessarily that it's going to come back to you. And I think that that whole thing around abundance and manifestation is very trendy right now. And I struggle with it as well. And I've had people on my podcast who are financial abundance coaches or, or, or are manifesting coaches and do that. And, and I'm fascinated by hearing what they have to say. And I do believe to some extent that what you put out will come back. Um, I think there, I'm, I'm starting and I haven't figured out exactly what I believe around this yet, but I do think that it's not that easy because again, to your point, everything happens for a reason, but there's some things that just happen that don't have a reason. So there's a balance there. And I feel like we have to accept the fact that like, 
life sometimes just is what it is. And just because, you know, we put something out there into the world and say, Hey, I want to make $10,000 this week. <laughs> the world, the universe is necessarily going to just drop a check on your doorstep. Right. So I think there has to be some, some reality also built into that. Um, and, you know, understanding that like the universe is there and I think we want to believe, we want to have something to hold on to, to believe in, but sometimes things just happen too. So I'm trying to, you can tell I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit because I still haven't formulated my feelings around this topic yet. I'm working through it, but I do feel like I'm not gung ho about this trendy concept of manifestation and abundance the way that it's put out into our mainstream culture, right? Yes, by our mainstream culture. What I mean when I say that is I believe what is true in my life, what I know in my heart is I will always have enough. I've proven it. It doesn't matter what's happening. I've been homeless. I always had enough. I know like I will have enough until I am dead and I'm good with that. But I would like to have more than enough. So I'm like stretching. I'm in this like stretching phase where I will always just have enough because that is truly what I believe. And because that is truly what I believe that I only have enough, I make that happen. I buy things I don't need. I invest in things that I don't need. I take extra credit on a credit card when they're already maxed out. I put myself in a situation to where if I do a little better, I'm still behind. And that that's reality. And so I was started to laugh <laughs> when you were like, that's all well and good. I don't know how I feel yet about manifestation and abundance, but also reality. And like and it made me think, like, how am I making this my human experience? Like, how am I making it true that I only like I have enough, but only enough? And that's how. I, I do believe, and I did an episode on my podcast about that, that to some extent, human self-sabotage, right? Like we, 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 um, we don't believe that we can have more than what we have right now. So we somehow find a way to like, when things go good to, to, to ruin it, right? Almost like, you know, when things are going really well, we don't like to, we, we don't, we are uncomfortable with that feeling. So we, and we don't think that we should be there or we don't think that we can have more of that. So we'll do something in order to put us back where we were. I believe that. I do think that it's just, that's just human behavior, right? Like, that's how I believe about money. What you just said is how I am. A, that's what I'm afraid of. So money isn't scary. Yes, it is right now. <laughs> and that's why it's because when when I do get my shit together, when I do do the things that hopefully you'll tell us that we can do <laughs> to help our financial, you know, health and growth, um, what will I do then? I've, <laughs> it's like, then what? I'm uncomfortable when I have money because I've never. And so we have to like stretch. I think you're hitting on it. I think you're hitting on like a concept that again is so universal and not just to us, like the normal everyday people, but to everybody. Think about this. Why did Will Smith hit Chris Rock in the face during the, like when he was literally at the height of his career, he was about to win this incredible award for like literally doing like, like he had never been there before. 
And then something came over him and he went up on stage and he just like punched Chris Rock in the face. And now all of a sudden, you know, that completely changed his reputation. I think because like, we just, we limit ourselves. Like we just don't realize like how good things can be. And I think that like, what you're asking is such a cool question because it's not just you, it's literally everybody. Like I want to be in the same place too. Like I, I would love to just have a, even just a little bit more than what we have right now, just so things didn't feel quite so tight or things didn't, you know, I, I didn't have to really think about the cost of groceries when you go to the grocery store, because it's insane right now with inflation. You know, I wish I didn't have to like care so much. And so I think to have, like, I think to some extent, we're all working through this together. And that's really where I, I'm not going to pretend to be some guru. I have a pet peeve with all these like financial gurus that are out there that have written books and are just say like, this is how, this is the five steps to what I did to make myself wealthy or to live a wealthy life or whatever. It annoys me because I feel like, where were you when you were in the thick of it before you got there? And so I, I just, to some extent, like that's the part, like I, I, the, there's people that are kind of like, okay, this is great. Come like do what I do. But I, on the other hand, can relate to more of that kind of come with me sort of vibe. And that's where, that's what I'm doing with the podcast. I am right there in it. I'm, you know, have those moments. My husband been, has been unemployed for the better half of the last two years and I am provide, providing for the house and I've got two little kids that are in daycare and preschool and at all these costs and just trying to keep up. And so I am just sharing my stories around my beliefs and the, 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 the crazy, silly, normal, to some extent, things that I do and, and the way I think about all these different concepts. And it's not just like money tips. It's like concepts around things that are like universal in our lives that I think help us develop and foster a healthy relationship with money. Like I just did an episode on competition. I talk about validation. I talk about self-worth. I talk about all these things that I think are so imperative for us in order to heal. Like we need to be able to heal our relationship with ourselves so that we can then take that to our relationship with money. And money is something that we deal with every single day. We cannot avoid it. So I think those two things kind of come hand in hand our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with money. So the podcast is my journey and my experiences and come with me on this journey because I'm still working through it. I'm not going to pretend that I'm something. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so your perfect alignment with the Roots Change podcast because it is a grow with me podcast. Like yeah. I was like, <laughs> you just got to be willing to throw yourself under the bus for the world to see. They mm -hmm. always say like, don't air your dirty laundry. Yeah. No. Air your dirty laundry. Air like if you air it because because you can help people, you can relate to other people. Like, why wouldn't you? Air, don't because I feel like if I've learned anything in this in the last couple of years since this pandemic, we all could use a little more connection. I have felt so isolated at certain points in my life. And I think especially when you are a parent, um, this comparison to other people. And judgment of yourself for your parenting versus somebody else's parenting and, you know, what they have versus what you have and all this stuff. It just becomes so like self-consuming sometimes. And, and we need to talk about it. We need to know that there's safe places to be able to like 
talk through these feelings and, and relate to other people. And so you don't feel so alone. And in that aloneness comes growth and healing, because I think ultimately that's where so much of our like inner anxiety and depression and sadness and all this stuff comes from is from not sharing. And I think, you know, so many of us can say we're introverts and all that stuff and that's great. But like, I do think in general, as human beings, we are social people and we need to some extent, it could be one or two other people, or it could be 12 other people, whatever you prefer. But I think sharing your experiences is such a healing and cathartic process. And I think that's how we're going to work through everything that we're going through right now. I fully agree. And I have a question that's very off this topic, but it just came to me. And so I I feel like I have to ask it. Being who you are and experiencing life the way you've experienced it, being a woman in America, how does it feel being a financial advisor? Like you are in a position to, I feel like you're in authoritative position. Like you're in a place of power because you are advising people like how, like how, for whatever reasons they come to you. And so I just wonder how that feels. And if there's ever been any, I just kind of want to know like how that has worked being a woman in power, because to me, like I said, you are and advising people about what to do with something that we have so much feelings about, like people kill over money and lives are ruined over money. Yeah. Well, so it's so funny that you say that because my journey in this world has had a lot of, a lot of ups and downs, right? So like I, uh, the, 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 the firm that I work for now, I've been at for about a year and a half now. And when I started, I was essentially the first female lead advisor. And it was a step up for me um, from where I was before. I was kind of recruited through somebody that I used to work with to, to come there. And I kind of thought about it. Um, and I thought, well, you know what? We've been through some tough times. My you know husband's lost his job a few times. And like, I I need this. Like I need to do this um, for myself and for my family. And, um, and it's hard. It is very hard to go into a, a, a job at a, it was a big learning curve for me. So let's say that. Um, Cause I was doing, I was doing similar work, but different work, right. I wasn't doing it in the, in the kind of lead role that I am right now. And also to the same level of detail that I'm doing it right now. So for clients, so the, the the way we all work with clients is very different than the way I used to work with clients. But so there's that, there's like the actual education and like growth learning curve there, but there's also the, the culture, right? Like this is a very male dominated industry and going into this, I oftentimes will feel like I don't belong because I am sensitive. I am um, a deeply feeling person. I am somebody who cares so much about other people, um, which I think is to some extent actually a, a skill. It's a, it's a, it's important in this industry because the industry's gotten such a rap, a bad rap for just, you know, taking advantage of people and having it be white male dominated and people really not knowing what they're doing. Right. Um, and taking advantage of, 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 maybe women are taking advantage of older people that don't know what, don't know what they're doing in these situations. So I think my perspective on my role has shifted a lot over the last year and a half. 
I used to think I didn't belong and like, I needed to, I'm like, why don't I, why, why am I in this job? Why did I not just go, my mom's a nurse. Why didn't I go be a nurse? I have so many friends that are teachers. Why didn't I go be a teacher? Why didn't I go do something that was, that was more women oriented that I would feel more like that nurturing part of me could come out. Cause I'm not a very like, you know, tough person. Right. I, I don't really, I've never had a thick skin. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I've gotten out of meetings before and just cried because I've just needed to like, whether it's been an intense conversation or I felt badly about something that I might've made a mistake on or whatever, I just cried and I just need to like, let it out. And I realized that like, to some extent that that is, you need more of that in this industry. I think like to, in order to be able to develop a relationship with people, you need somebody who is caring and you need somebody who is going to be a good listener and somebody who is going to have the empathy um, that I don't think a lot of other people and men, you know, in the industry necessarily do. Everybody is different, right? And I'm not, I'm, I'm very much general, but I feel like that, that more women in this field and more women who are truly like wearing their heart on their sleeve need to be there. There's a place and a time for all of this. Right. And I think emotions, I've had more conversations in the last year that have triggered emotional responses from clients around certain aspects of their lives for one reason or another. And that's the stuff I love more than talking about taxes and numbers and and investments and Roth IRAs and all that stuff. Like I love getting to the core of what people are really struggling with. And that happens. It doesn't always happen in every relationship. It doesn't. And so I've, it's been really interesting. I've let clients cry. I've let them like, I've talked through some mindset stuff and I don't know. It's just really cool for me to be able to see that because that's a change from my perception of the industry, even like when I was young, when I was younger, when I was first starting out. And, and I think a lot of people's perception of the industry, I think there needs to be more people who can appreciate and, and um, really like feel in control when somebody's, when somebody has an emotional reaction, because money is emotional money relates so much to family and People, I've I've literally had people just in the last week or two cry because get upset, like literally get upset in the, in a meeting because with the market being down right now and all the volatility we're having, they're afraid that they're not going to have anything. They're literally afraid, and that comes from scarcity mindset. So it's deeper. It's deeper than just like the numbers on the surface. It's so much deeper. Turns out this woman grew up in poverty and didn't have anything, and there's a reason why she's having this reaction. And I can, again, reiterate to her and show her the numbers, but it's not about the numbers right now. It's about her relationship with money. And so that's where we kind of get to. And I just don't think everybody's everybody's doing that. No, I, I don't know. I, I'm saying no, but I don't know because I've never had a financial advisor. Because the industry doesn't allow you to, because usually you have to have certain assets under management to even be a client. Um, and it's expensive, right? So the industry makes it so that it basically favors the the higher net worth people, which is frustrating. <laughs> In my mind, so I went on a walk right before, well, like an hour or two ago, um, self-care, you know, my energy was all over. 
because of money, really nothing to do with money, as you kind of just said. It's really not money. It's the other things. Um, And I was on my walk, and the very last thought I had as I was sharing on social media in a video, like what I was unraveling as I walked is I couldn't visualize myself having a need for a financial advisor. That is such a limiting belief. And I saw it, I saw it and I was like, oh, seriously, like that's a problem. <laughs> is it because, were you telling yourself, well, I don't have enough money to do, to, to. Yes, yes I don't, I, I don't have enough money. And I couldn't see this part of me to where I could be disciplined in my spending because I think that is important that it, I build that practice because right now I have very little self-discipline with money. I just, <laughs> I have it, it goes. I have it, it goes. But we're aware of this and it's yep. being worked on. You are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> so someday I would like to, you know, get to the point to where I would need someone to say, like, these are some good moves you could make. Or like, I don't even quite understand how, like, and I'm trying not to sell, tell myself, like, that's pathetic. But I don't really even understand why I, like, what would I even go to a financial advisor for. So it's like this, I'm unfamiliar. It's never been talked about to me. And and so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, there's a thousand things that you could go to a financial advisor for because there's so many aspects to your financial life, right? And you just don't, you're probably not thinking about it because you weren't taught. Nobody teaches you. You get a job out of college and you're like, here, sign up for this 401k, but we're not going to tell you how it actually works in reality and what the tax implications are of it. And okay, yeah, so um, here's your here, here's your paycheck. Here's what you have coming in. These are your bills. And here's a credit card, by the way. Go do what you want with it. Here's some, some points that you can earn. And um, and people don't like think about, I, I mean, I really think that like the people who Yes, like certainly when you have more wealth, you have more dollars, there's more opportunities, there's more complication to it. But I think everybody could use some guidance in some way just just to like just have even like a financial checkup or something just to say, like, what are my goals? What am I thinking? Because I I think the industry, again, like shuts out the people who don't have like a million dollars and up of liquid assets. Even I'm not saying like buying a house. I mean, like literally a million dollars of liquid assets. Like who has that? Not a lot of people have that. Like the percentage of people in the world who have that is very, very low. And so I feel like the majority of people could use just a little guidance, even just a little guidance. And most people don't get it. So they're, and they're not taught in school. They're not taught by your parents. You're just winging it. So I don't ever want you, and, and again, it just reinforces this story, especially for women that I am stupid. I feel embarrassed. I, you, you just mentioned like, you know, like you are, you feel stupid that you don't know the, you don't know what to do, or you don't even know the help that you need, right? Like, of course you're going to feel that way because nobody's ever taught you. So like, I say, give yourself a break and Happy to talk anytime about your financial situation. We can just switch up. Look at you. Um. <laughs> bringing, us, bringing us back to self-compassion. So as you're talking, I can already think of like one way I, speaking to a financial advisor would have helped. And that is buying a house. I bought a house with the man I'm about to marry a couple of years ago. And we live paycheck to paycheck because we bought a house we had no business buying. It was out 
it stretched us too much. Bought a house, bought a car, heated, furnished the house. And the, like, we made some bad decisions. Both of us come from a poverty past. N- neither of us. Like, we, we did all the things that put us in this position. And it doesn't have to be a problem. Like, this is, that's done. Like, we're here now. Now what? <laughs> like, how are we going to, you know, move, move forward and move through it? Well, and like, I, go ahead. <laughs> no, and so I can, just in talking to you in this podcast, I can see, like, I'm already, my belief is already changing to where, you know, earlier this morning, why would I ever even need a financial advisor? I can't even, I don't even have, like, I need to have well, a lot of money to need one to, oh, it would have been really nice to have had one. It would have been really helpful to have already had one. Well, so a, a couple of things, um, you know, you said you did, you made some bad mistakes. I just did an episode literally this week on um, making mistakes. And one of the things that I like that I question all the time is, are mistakes even real, right? Like, you did what felt like a good choice for you in that moment. And all we have is that moment, right? So looking back, could you have done something different? Sure. And you are working to do that now, right? Like you're starting to make different choices now. If you were still, you know, buying beyond your means right now, then okay, like that would be like a different story, but we could again, still like, like repair from there and come back from it. But I think so many of us, like if we, if we live in the past and we tell ourselves that we we beat ourselves up for mistakes, perceived mistakes or whatever we did in the past, that's going to paralyze us because then we're going to feel afraid to make any decisions in the future. Right. So we have to be kind of careful around the language that we're using. And again, the stories that we're telling ourselves there. And then I think, you know, for this basic information, like women, especially, this is what I say, like, know your numbers, like just put together a very simple net worth statement, like just gather together. Like, what do you own? What do you own? And what do you owe? What are your, what's in your cash, your bank accounts right now? What do you have for like, you know, investment accounts? What do you have for like, break it out by like, is it just like a, a brokerage account or is it a retirement account? What do you have? What do you have for a 401k or an IRA? Do you own your house? How much is your house worth? Do you have a lot, like a mortgage on it and go to the liability side? Do you have a car payment? Do you have student loans? Do you have whatever? And just piece it together. Just like do like, we just need to know what we have. And I think that's empowering just as it is, right? So what do you have? And then also the income and expense side, what do you have coming in? And I, and not what you have coming in is very different than what your salary is. A lot of people think that like, it's the same. It's not because that your salary is pre-tax taxes come out of that. And contributions to your 401k and health insurance and um, and payroll taxes, all that stuff comes out, right? So you have to look at what you're actually netting, what goes into your checking account on a, on a monthly basis. And then what are you spending? And, you know, just start to gather. This is just data gathering. This isn't judgment. People don't like to look, feel like they're, they just feel like they put like, like they're going to, I shouldn't have done that, or I shouldn't be doing that. I hate, I freaking hate the word should. I hate it. Like it is what it is, right? Like you spent those dollars on those things. Great. We're just, this is anthropology. We're just gathering data right now. Like that's it. So, so just look and see the trends of what you're, of what you have been spending and say, all right, well, am I like, it's pretty easy to say, 
Like, am I pulling from my savings? Am I charging money? Am I, am I putting things on my credit card? Do I have a credit card? It's pretty easy to kind of like have a sense of like, whether you're in like a deficit or um, surplus position on a month over month basis. And those two things between figuring out kind of the net worth, the asset statement, asset liabilities and income and expenses, just that alone is so much more than so many women do and, and know, and just that in and of itself is incredibly empowering. Look at me. I like hit the, well, not everybody can see, but (laughs) I just like unconsciously put myself in a power pose. And I, and it happened because you were talking and I was thinking about the fact that I just did it. I literally just did that. I hated it because I am in a deficit, but I did it. And now I can see it. And as with everything in our life, when you see it, you can repair it. You can knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Like now, you know, so now you can take steps towards doing something about it. And then you can feel empowered because you're not going to feel like, like you're just in this endless cycle. Now you can, you're feeling empowered in order to make a change and to heal this you know, instead of just feeling stuck. And I feel like so many of us feel stuck because we don't have self-awareness. We are going to be wrapping, wrapping this up pretty soon because it's already been almost an hour and I can't even believe it. It went, <laughs> it went so fast. Um, listen. What you're doing, I think, is beautiful in the world. And when you were talking about being in the position you're in right now and working with clients and showing them and giving them permission to have emotion and to display emotion, I just wanted to tell you that I feel like that is a beautiful thing. I feel like you are in the role that you're supposed to be in because there was nobody in that role. It was waiting for you. And I feel like you're giving all the men permission to also practice and also use emotion and also use compassion and have empathy and show that to their clients because the patriarchy affects us all. And they were also told that that's not okay. Like that's unprofessional. That's not what men do. And you're like showing them the benefit of it. Like you are an example. You are being the change we all want to see, I think. Uh, Thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. Um, I mean, I really, really believe that like I've been told because again, I'm such an emotional, sensitive, deeply feeling person. And I've been told my whole life, like, you're so emotional, Megan, like just calm down, like just let things roll off your back or like, I just, I've always been told not to be who I am. Right. And so I'm finally realizing again, through like discover, I've discovered so much about myself through doing this podcast that like, maybe I should be more of who I am instead of just shoving that person aside and being who I think I need to be in order to be successful in this world. Right. And so that's where I'm really starting to embrace, especially for women, um, this concept that all spending is emotional, right? Like all spending is emotional, no matter what. There is no emotional attachment to it because it's not the thing. It's the feeling behind the thing. You buy those shoes. And for me, all the time, I'll go to Target and I'll look at a pair of shoes and I'll be like, oh my God, how cute would I look if I'm out to dinner or I'm at this whatever, like a show with friends. And it's not that it's the fact it's, it's not the freaking shoes. It's the fact that I feel trapped in my life and I don't ever go out to dinner and I feel 
Like I need that kind I need freedom in my life. And it's like, there's so many things that are deeper, way deeper than the actual thing itself. So I just want to be able to give like women permission. And, and again, like to this, like you are not alone. There's a reason you feel this way. Women were literally not allowed to have credit cards and bank accounts in their own name until like, like well into the 1970s. That's in my parents, like my mom's lifetime. And so the reason behind that is because women were told that they were too emotional. They were, they were too, too emotional and that they shouldn't be the ones handling the finances. So of course, like, my, like my mom was an adult. She was like in her twenties during that time frame. So like she, of course, like, you know, that's what she was told. Those are the messages that culture gave her. So she, you know, of course you're going to pass that down. And of course, like, we live in a patriarchal society still. You touched on it. Like these things are still very much alive and well. And unless we like do the work on ourselves to kind of like break through those, like those messages are going to come come to us every single day and we're going to struggle as a result. So we need to really like be diligent and thoughtful and have that awareness. Like, oh, is that just like my stories coming up again? Is that my beliefs? Like, what is that? And just dig into it a little bit more. And so many of us, like we, we run our, like, especially with little kids and stuff, like we're just so busy and we're just running on this treadmill every single day. So we just don't take the time to pause and think about it. If we give ourselves that time, then I think really cool things will happen. I do too. And I think that if somebody listens to this podcast episode with an open mind, they're going to see a journey take place because I feel completely different. Oh, that's awesome. That makes me feel so good. Well, I'm really happy. I'm really happy that you agreed to come on. Um, where can people find you? Yeah. So you can listen to the podcast. Again, it's called Money Isn't Scary. Um, you can find that anywhere on Apple, Spotify, Google, like all the all the podcast platforms. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Money Isn't Scary. Um, I also have a private Facebook group called the Mindful Money Mamas that you can join. And it's, again, it's where I just share kind of a little extra content thoughts that I have and and really just trying to build a community of like-minded women who are going through this together. Like, again, come with me. We're all on this journey. And it's just, you know, again, like me sharing my kind of thoughts and experiences as I go through life too. I love it. All the links to all the places will be in the show notes. Thanks again for joining. Now do you see why I chose to publish regardless of the audio quality? Because it's worth it. Because what was shared matters. Because it is helpful. It was beneficial to me and I hope it was to you as well. Roots change with every choice we make. Until the next time, you are loved, you are worthy, and you can achieve anything.